0: Good morning, good morning, ain't it a great morning? Hey, welcome to our party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, Felder Rushing. Our program producer is an awesome Java Chapman, and we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. I want to give a special shout out to those of you listening by way of podcasts from all over the country and beyond, but it's a Southern thing. We approach things a little differently. Anyway, coming up today's Chinese New Year party, in addition to a cheesy tune, we're live. We're going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden again it's a live program folks here on mpb what a beautiful weekend sit back join me in java we take a few minutes of news before starting this informal gestalt garden party ready to get dirty
1: this is an mpb think radio podcast
0: dokey folks, welcome back. Again, it's a garden party. Here it is, uh Chinese New Year. By the way, which started Tuesday. It's gonna end with a bang in a few days. Uh this comes I'm still still overseas where it's cold and snowy, but on Sunday, I'm gonna head over to Manchester, which has the largest celebration uh, Chinese New Year celebration in Britain. They got a really big parade with various groups that go around in dragging and, and other elaborate costumes that chase away bad demons. What's really interesting, they go in and out of the restaurants here and they they do all sorts of dancing and hooting and hollering and, and um, blowing up fireworks to chase away demons. Anyway, it's uh, uh this year 2019, a year of the pig. It's an animal. Which symbolizes wealth. Hey, if you got some things you want to yak about today, give us a call. It's toll free. I'm, I'm here even though I'm not in the studio. I'm in a studio uh, and we're going to be talking about gardening. The number is a toll free 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-MPB-RING. Got the phones wide open if you want to give me a call. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on right now. I've been keeping in touch with with friends and neighbors, gardening friends and neighbors, and uh, I understand that right now the Japanese magnolias are coming into bloom, uh, which is interesting because um, it's an outstanding tree. It's probably the most colorful thing there is in midwinter. It blooms way before azaleas. only other things it has to compete with right now are flowering quince, camellias, early daffodils. Usually when the Japanese magnolias bloom, Uh, We get a sudden hard freeze, which leads me to think that maybe they cause a freeze. I don't know. But it looks like we're dodging that bullet, at least for this weekend. It's going to be a pretty weekend. Uh, Because of the up and down temperatures and the mild weather we're having right now, lettuces and bok choy and kale starting to bolt or go to flower. Not much we can do except maybe eat what you can and enjoy the little yellow bell ride. Speaking of flowering things, I mention nearly every week about the best um, way to dig and move daffodils. Right now, daffodils are blooming, and I know it's nearly impossible to resist. Trust me on that. But, but don't move daffodils when they bloom, if you can all help it. They, uh, they'll, they'll skip a year at least. So I think in 2021 before they'll bloom again, if you move them while they're in bloom. Uh, so anyway, you need to leave, give them at least five or six weeks after they bloom. When the leaves start to yellow or flop over or something like that, to give them time to make new bulbs and also to set flower buds for next year. Um, Take a picture. Put down a little small market like a a little marker, a marble, a little painted stick, or a beer bottle cap, whatever. Make a note wherever it is, and then go back in a couple of months or even this summer. Not only will the bulbs have multiplied and formed a new flower bud for next spring, but nobody will see what you're up to. I mean, if you're like me, whenever you dig a flower that's in full bloom, somebody's going to see you do it. And there goes your reputation. Just mark them. Maybe take a handful of flowers, put it in a vase, and then walk away. Come back later. Better for the bulbs, better for you, better for everybody. Uh, Speaking of daffodils... Uh, whose Latin name, by the way, is Narcissus. All Narcissus are daffodils. All daffodils are Narcissus, even though Aunt Mamie said the white ones are Narcissus and the yellow ones are daffodils, or buttercups, whatever. Anyway, uh, I was photographing some winter gardens in Wales this week. I had a really tough time uh, getting some good shots of these early daffodils, which are the national flower of Wales. Um, Tenby daffodils, T-E-N-B-Y daffodils are uh, all the yellow. And then the Welsh daffodil, the uh, uh, linton lily, uh, two tones, different shades of yellow and orange. Uh, ever wonder why daffodil and hellebore flowers hang down? I mean, this is an oddball thing. Maybe maybe nobody really cares, but folks who like to take pictures of them anyway. botanical is to help keep the rain out. Those uh, trumpets hanging down uh, keep uh, make it where insects can fly in and pollinate straight away and keep water out. Uh, but the myth of daffodils hanging down goes basically like this. And by the way, if you want to. Call and talk about what's on your guarding mind instead of me just rambling around. Give us a call toll free 1 877 MPB ring. Hey, so somebody heard me before I get into the myth of daffodils. Uh, let's go to Aberdeen and talk to Queen. Hey, Queen, good morning. Hello, um, from Aberdeen. I think I've got my bifocus set up right. I can't hear anything.
2: Um, we're trying to get Queen on the line, um uh, Okay it ain't um, yeah let so it let's ain't take, me? Yeah, nah it's it's not you. You know, we can't put it all on you, man.
0: <laughs> but Queen from well, between my my bifocals and all, you know.
2: Yeah, Queen from Aberdeen. She wanted to talk about uh tomatoes, but let's see if we can get her back on the line. Okay, hold on.
0: All righty. Hey there, are you there, Queen?
2: Uh, well, I guess I guess Queen Queen may have dropped off. Let's um let's jump to John from Madison. He he he's um online. I know he's on the line, and he wants to talk about his daffodils.
0: Okay, hey John, how are you this morning?
3: Good. Hey, Felder. Listen, somebody at church uh, a kind soul donated a thousand daffodil bulbs uh, back in the fall, and and we had rain every Saturday when we were supposed to plant them. So we got about seven hundred of them in the ground, but we got three hundred left. Uh, what do we do with them? Well,
0: have they been stored indoors? Have they been exposed to any kind of cold temperatures or anything like that?
4: Yeah, they're kind of in the basement. Yeah, but yeah, Yeah. they
0: have Well, the reason I'm asking is daffodils need a certain amount of cold before they'll sprout. That's how they tell time a little bit so uh what i would think about i mean what you could do is you could put them on top of the ground they're not gonna they don't have enough time to grow and bloom and set flowers so the ones that are left are probably gonna be one shot these what i do is i just set them on top of some dirt throw some mulch on top of them just enough to hold them up and let them bloom in place in other words just give them a chance but don't expect them to to live and naturalize
1: okay so uh okay so just chunk them basically
0: no, no, I mean, let, you know, they, 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 every one of them got a little flower right in the heart, you know, so, you know, don't don't waste them, just, you know, enjoy them as best you can, maybe give them to some kids or something, you know, Sunday school gifts or something like that, but the main thing is, I don't think it's probably too late to plant them in the ground is what I'm saying, expect them to do much for, for years and years, so put them in pots, or I'll throw them out in an area where you can throw some dirt on top of them, just to just see what they do.
1: Okay, alright, thanks a lot.
0: Okay, good luck on it. Alrighty. I wish wish I'd at least heard what Queen's question about her tomatoes is. A little bit early for starting summertime stuff. Uh, Here it is, not quite the middle of February. Takes a good six weeks or so to get a decent sized transplant from seed, whether it's tomatoes or peppers and things like that. And, um, That that just puts us up to, uh, you know, late March. We are not in a rush to plant our summer gardens. You know, we need to wait until after the soil has warmed up, which is well into April. So don't feel like you're in a big rush. Now, let's go down to the Gulf Coast and see what Craig is up to in Biloxi. Hey, Craig, good morning.
4: Hey, good morning. I I wanted to talk to someone overseas, but uh, (laughs) here we are. Yeah. Okay. I just planted a hundred foot row of potatoes. Uh, yep. and, and I, I put that black weed guard on it and cut holes in it. And, and before I did that, I mixed hay and, and, and I tried to mix it in with a tiller. Uh, how would you recommend to plant, you know, a long row of potatoes? Well, here's, here, these are
0: Irish potatoes, right? I mean, not sweet potatoes.
4: Yeah. Well, well I'm going to do some sweet
0: potatoes. Well, yeah, we need to wait till the dirt is really warm. Wait till April to paint your sweet potatoes because they need hot dirt. Here's the, the the challenge you've got with the Irish potatoes they don't grow on the roots of the potato plants. The roots grow in the dirt, get fertilizer, and, and that hail helped them a lot. But potatoes form on the stems. Once the potato plants start to grow, uh, the potatoes actually grow on the stem above the dirt. And uh, it's really important to be able to pile dirt or leaves or hay or something to keep the the, the the base of it covered up or else the potatoes won't form. So what, I guess what I'm saying is that most people, they plant potatoes kind of low, and when they start to grow, they throw dirt or leaves or hay and cover the plants completely up, and then when they poke through that, they do it again to, so you have uh, six or eight inches of something above the part you planted completely in the the, the in, in the dark, in the dirt. So um, you're going to need to get you some more hay or some leaves or something. When the plants come up, completely cover them, you know, a couple of inches deep with something. And when they poke through that, cover them up one more time, and the potatoes will grow in that. So, you the know. Weed no, guard, will, will that weed guard bother, it, bother them? No, the weed guard is gonna. I mean, it'll keep weeds down, but the problem is that the the potato part you planted when they sprout, they can have some roots at the base of what they sprout. But as the stems grow, the bottom six or eight inches of the stem is where the potatoes grow, and that's going to be completely covered up with something. So you're gonna have to pile right. stuff on top of the weed guard. Is what I'm saying. They're a little different okay. from other people. The potatoes grow on the stem, not the roots.
4: Yeah, and I and I had hay which was full of ants, so I, that was a problem. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, the hay—you know—ants love that kind of hay, and not only that, but they love weeder. They love anything that's warm in the wintertime, Anything that collects some warmth and all. So, anyway, you're gonna have to find something to cover the plants up with a couple of times, so that above where you're planting them, buried in at least six or eight inches of something. That's what the potatoes. Well, if they don't get complete darkness, they just won't grow. All right, thank you. It's a weird one. Appreciate your call. Yeah. All right. Okay, that was. That was Craig from Biloxi. Irish potatoes are a little different. Huh? Again, you know, you have to plant them kind of low and then throw dirt up to them. I've grown them in, in containers before. Matter of fact, if anybody wants to give this a try, uh, maybe you got some kids, you can put them in a bucket, put a little bit of potting soil or dirt in the bottom and plant the, the seed potato seed pieces, the parts you cut up with the eyes on them. Put them in that. And when they sprout, Fill it up four or five inches with hay or leaves or something, and when they poke through that, cover them up again, and keep filling it up until they've got, oh, a foot or more of leaves uh, on the bottom part of the stem, and you can grow some decent potatoes in a plastic bag or in a a couple of tires playing on top of each other container. I've done it many, many times. Now let's go up to Lafayette County. Hey, Richard. Good morning, sir.
4: Good morning, morning. Now I was wondering. Up. I was wondering. I got my seed catalog uh, with the flowers and the vegetables and stuff in it. Yep. And and some of the flower seeds, they got like, uh, you know, like a pack of thirty pelleted seeds. And I was wondering huh. what what they meant by pelleted. Huh.
0: I don't. I don't know. It could be. It could be different. It could be that they're. I, I don't know. It might be that they're surrounded some kind of little capsule so that, you know, that they sprout better or that maybe they've been treated with a fungicide or something. But I don't know. I have to, have to look that one up. You'd think I'd know that
4: after all these years, but I, I don't know what well, they I was mean. Hoping. I was hoping because I didn't, I couldn't figure it out. It's not on all the flower seeds. It's just on some of them, you know. Yeah. That's what I thought it might be encased in like a little booster of fertilizer or something. Yeah, it could be, and uh, we're going to go to a break
0: in just a second. I'm going to look it up real quick uh, because I want to learn this myself.
4: All right. Well, glad I stumped you
0: all righty i appreciate it thank you so much i love actually i like being stumped you know after all these years of being a trained horticulturist and retired extension horticulturist and all these books and blah 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 blah, there's a lot of stuff i just don't know there's some stuff i wish i didn't know i wish there was some stuff i could remember that i'm supposed to know oh well that's just part of it uh but i do depend on folks calling in or emailing, and helping us all out we've got some things going on uh, coming up the next month or so i'm going to share with you i want to finish the story of where daffodils get their name, Narcissus. But we're going to take a real quick break, and we're going to come back um, to, uh, to Yak with you about gardens. By the way, I want to give a welcome to Maggie Thomas. She's from Mississippi State. She's our intern, our phone greeting this morning, Maggie Thomas. Appreciate having you here at MPB. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden right after this. Okie okay, dokie folks, welcome back to Florida Cultures Felder we'll be talking about gardening. You wanna give us a call? It's toll free, one eight seven seven MPB ring. Um, I just found out I was in uh, a little bit online about what does what pelleti- pelleted seeds mean. Somebody said that they're so tiny, some of them are so small you can barely see them, much less pick them up and put them in a certain place. So they put a coating on it so you can so you can plant them easier, right where you want them. So apparently tiny little seeds, where there may be a thousand of them in an ounce, or put it on treated so that you can plant them without them all clumping together. Pelleted are just easy. Anyway, uh, they all tend to put less in the packages called the pellets. So anyway, that's a start. Meanwhile, let's let's talk with Jim who's calling from Jackson. Hey Jim, good morning.
4: Good morning, Felder. Jim Rosenblatt here, and I have a, yeah. a, a question about daffodils. Okay. Uh, does it harm the daffodil plant to cut the daffodil off and use those flowers, or is it better for the plant to allow the daffodil to mature and die naturally? uh and does that promote the uh, ball?
0: well it's it's a good question and uh to the in, in nature it doesn't really matter they're going to do it anyway but uh you sort of own to something if they don't have to spend energy uh supporting a flower to make it seed and stuff then um you know more energy from the from the leaves back to the balls but um Unless you're talking about some really early, some of the early blooming varieties, like some of the paper whites, and uh, particularly some of the the jonquils, the little, uh, real fragrant small ones, they bloom early enough to make seeds. And as long as you leave those on there, they actually spread from seeds. But uh, it doesn't really matter in the long run. As long as you leave the bulbs alone uh, till after the leaves die down.
3: So I think I'll cut them and bring them in and
0: put them in a base in the kitchen, man. Hey, hey, try this. This is something I learned from my old friend Brent Heath. He and his uh, uh, wife, Becky, have got a third generation bulb farm over in uh, in Gloucester, uh, Virginia, right on the uh, tidewater. And uh, he he, for three generations, they were selling cut flowers. And what he does instead of cutting them, he reaches down at the base of the flower and basically pinches it out at the base. He plucks it out. And uh, so you don't have that cut stem. And and they last a whole lot longer. But try plucking some down at the very base where the flower comes out, uh, rather than, than cutting them off. See see how that does. They should hold up last longer as cut flowers that way.
4: I'll be a good plucker.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Appreciate Thanks, your Robert. call, Jim. Thank you. Now back back to speaking to daffodils, uh, Latin name is Narcissus. Um Botanically, it's to keep the rain out. You know, that's the reason to hang down. But uh, the myth of the daffodils go basically like this. Pliny the Elder, by the way, way back, a thousand years ago, wrote that the plant was named for its fragrance. He said, it means I grow numb. I don't know if they make me numb, but anyway, in Greek mythology, Narcissus was the son of a river god and a nymph. By the way, the nymph is named Lyriope or Liriope. Um, Narcissus was a hunter. He loved everything beautiful, loved himself more than anything, constantly broke hearts of everybody who admired him, just broke their hearts. Some of them killed themselves. Must have been some looker. I don't know. But anyway, Nemesis, the goddess of revenge, decided to punish Narcissus. So one day he was getting thirsty from hunting, one summer day, and the goddess lured him to a pool where he was leaning on the water and saw his reflection uh, in the water. He didn't realize his own reflection, he fell in love with it. Isn't this great? As if it was somebody else. Uh, Unable to leave the allure of his image, he eventually realized that his love could not be reciprocated, and he melted away from the fire of passion burning inside him. And eventually turned into a golden white flower. So he stared at his own image so long he pined away and turned into a, a narcissus. How about that? Hey, somebody give me a call so I don't have to keep up with this. I, I can go on and on and on about esoteric stuff. Our number is toll free one eight seven seven M P B ring. By the way, next week uh, in dozens of Mississippi's local daily and weekly newspapers, I have a column about the amazing plants. We all take for granted their backbones of our gardens, our kitchens in the South, which all came originally from the vast continent of Africa. We have a huge number of things that are culturally. Uh, we, we we just can't separate the South, the cuisine and the gardens from things like uh, okra, black-eyed peas, melons, impatience, um, uh, periwinkle, there's so many flowers we take from that, so many tropical plants like airplane plants, There's so many, many different kind of plants that we take for granted uh, that ha- happen to come from Africa. Um, if you want a list, of, I can send you a list. I got a little simple list I came up with some years ago of uh, plants from every one of the different continents. So you can send me an email, and I'll send it back to you. Garden at mpbonline.org, by the way, is our email. Uh, but anyway, uh, shoot me an email or check with your local daily weekly newspaper. See if the editor is going to run it this week. Uh, by the way, I deeply appreciate how member papers of the Mississippi Press Association gamble on running my weekly columns. Uh, they're partly factual, plenty of how-to, and without getting too pedantic about it. But there's a lot of lo- highly local insights. I write I- every column days before it's, it's run. Uh, so after 40 years of working with Mississippi Gardeners, uh, I try to come up with something interesting as well as, well, that's what MPB is. It's not just... Uh, uh, it's Think Radio. It's not just infotainment. Got some information and some entertainment. Uh, give us a call, toll free 1 877 MPB Ring. By the way, here's a handful of upcoming events. I don't have anything uh, uh, right away, but uh, on February the 24th, Pearl, Mississippi, just outside Jackson, uh, the United States Navy Band is giving a free concert. Three o'clock, February the 24th. If you want some information about that? You can probably Google it. I don't know, but I'd be glad to send you that. I was in a Navy band way back during Vietnam, sitting on an aircraft carrier called the Kitty Hawk. Uh, also down in Corpus Christi, travel all over the Southwest United States as doing ceremonies and and um, concerts and parades and rattlesnake roundups and all that stuff. Also, there's a winter plant walk coming up uh, on the 2nd of, of uh, March. March the 2nd, 1030, 1130, is going to be uh, there at the Dixon Art Gallery and Garden. Beautiful garden, wonderful winter garden, and Dale Skaggs, their uh, head horticulturist, is going to highlight more than a dozen winter blooms from witch hazels to camellias, much, much more. They're going to have coffee and snacks. Uh, if you have some, uh, oh, here's one other thing that's coming up pretty soon. Football and Flowers, legendary Georgia football coach Vince Dooley. I've met Dent, Vince several times, been to his garden. Uh, he's going to give, he's a native Mobile, but a much beloved gardener. He's going to give folks all sorts of tales about his gardening. Uh, that's going to be Monday, February the 18th. It's coming up in a week and a half or so at the Mobile Botanical Garden. Starts at 530 and. Has heavy hors d'oeuvres and wine and solid auction. It costs forty bucks, but uh it's a fundraiser, so uh reservations are required. So if you want some information about that, contact the Mobile Botanical Garden. That's coming up in about a week and a half. There's some other things coming up, and if you've got some things I can help promote, email me, garden at mpbonline dot org. Now I see a message here from Java that said Jesse. What does that mean, Java?
2: We actually we got a caller from uh I I think I'm sorry, I didn't put Baton Rouge down. It's Jesse okay. uh Jesse from Baton Rouge uh on, on the line. Jesse, <laughs> let's, let's
0: go there. Hey hey Jesse, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, tell me how are you doing this morning. So far so good. What's going on in Tiger Country?
3: Oh, not too much. I'm actually up in Centerville, Mississippi and traveling around to go to work, but I, I, I love I uh, look up. up.
0: Uh, Centerville is up to you, is down to us, but keep going.
3: Yeah, well, from Baton Rouge,
0: I
5: mean.
3: Yeah. Anyway, I had some comments on the pelleted seed The gentleman called about earlier. Uh, yeah. Those, those pelleted seeds are generally coated in uh, bentonite clay. They're not treated with uh, any hormones or anything there like you that. Go. It's just a coating of
1: – and they're
3: usually on tiny seed. They make them much easier to see and uh, to help control the density of plants. So if you're planting them – uh, seed trays making starts, you get one plant per sale instead of wasting, wasting seeds. Or if you're using them, then uh, kind of walk behind uh, cedars, for like maybe a small market gardener or a small commercial gardener, makes it much easier to use without jamming up the cedar or skipping in, in your plant.
0: You know, I, I should have known that for my years of working in commercial greenhouses because, we, we, you know, in the commercial growers, they have special plates with little holes in them and suction to get them one seed at a time, but a lot of people don't realize that some seeds are almost as fine as dust, and they stick to your fingers if they weren't covered in something. But anyway, Absolutely. that's that's interesting. Yes, well, I, I appreciate you sharing you. that, sir Jesse. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. See, see there, I don't really have to know all that much as long as I know people who knows people who know stuff who don't mind calling in. We do have the lines open if you want to give us a call. It's toll free. 1877 MPB Ring. Uh, one of the uh, emails I got this past week. I've got four or five. I still got to answer, um, and I'm gonna do that as soon as I get off the air. But. Uh, Kim Deer wanted to know how to get rid of those gnats that are coming up from potting soil indoors. This is a real problem this time of year, particularly with people who overwater their potted plants. Those uh, little, little gnats, they're fungus gnats. They actually feed on decaying organic matter when it's moist. They're not a problem. They irritate you. It's, you know, it's like fruit flies or something they don't bite or sting or anything like that stick in your teeth or get in your ears but if you've got a lot of fungus gnats a couple of things stop watering is often water deeply but let the top a couple of three inches of your potting soil dry completely out and that'll that'll uh, because they have to have moisture and also use some kind of mulch whether it's a coarse bark or chipped gravel or, or marble or something like that but use a mulch on top of your potting soil even your indoor plant and don't water them quite as often the fungus gnats won't be a problem also take your glasses off they disappear hey let's go over to Ellisville now and talk with Mark hey Mark good morning
3: hey mr. Felder uh, can you hear me
0: sure what's
1: up
3: uh, hey um the uh, Basically, the problem has to do with, with uh, eliminating horse nettle, and the general situation is this. I have an aunt at the uh, state school in Ellisville, and, you know, the general situation there is that the patients are adults with big uh, mental limitations, and they train them to better take care of themselves. And so they right. have, you know, basically behavior patterns at the level of a toddler. And a behavior pattern, you know, that could come up, and it's like my aunt did before they trained her not to do it. It's just like reach out a plant and grab it, you know, and everything and put it in their mouth, or, and they traded her not to do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, for example, in in one of the planters, uh, two of the planters, there's uh, near her building, basically, there are these, uh, I believe they're horse nettles. Uh, help me out here. It, they have like a kind of a lavender star-shaped flower and, and a uh, like a little tomato-like, yellow tomato-like fruit. Is that is that it? No,
2: that
0: wouldn't be horse nettle. Um, I'd have to, you know, i, I, I Keep, keep going. I know what it is, but I also got to point it's out i got a cold – yeah, I've, I've got – I'm on cold medication, so I'm not firing on all my cylinders right now. Um, uh, what is it? It's in the uh, – keep talking.
3: I don't think yeah, of it. it, but it ain't – I don't think like it's – it, it might be
0: horse net alive okay. okay. it's, I, I, it's
5: something that's
3: in the nightshade family, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah right, right, like, right. Fruit. That's what I was thinking uh, of. Yeah, just begging for somebody to try to pick it and eat it and everything. Uh, and yeah. these come up, you know, dozens of them, you know, every uh, spring and so on and so forth. I was wondering uh, if there'd be a way to 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 keep them from coming up, like maybe crowd them out or uh, something like that.
0: Well, it could be. Most of the time these grow in really poor soil, but, they'll, you know, the easiest way is to use mulch. You know, mulch, you know, I get emails all the time about people wanting to use pre immersion weed killers and stuff, but a good thick layer of coarse mulch like bark, it'll keep almost all seed, you know, weeds that come up from seed, it'll shade them out. They won't stop perennials that come up from roots, but if it's a seeded plant like that, a good thick layer of mulch is always the best way to go. It's always okay, been plus,
3: before, about an inch and they still came up. Uh, no, no, not that's, not that's enough. You need to really,
0: yeah, really need to lay it on thick there. Uh, also, these are annuals and it could be, you know, when they sprout after the ground warms up and they start to sprout, you can, you know, go, if, go visit, you know, one or two good weedings and then some mulch will take it good care. Of. You can either mulch it before they come up or else pull them one time, then mulch, and that'll pretty well take care of But it. It's going to boil down to mulching. It sure is. Okay, Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you get to feeling better. Uh, well, I, I feel great. I just can't think straight. But I'm not coughing, though.
3: I thought you said you, said you had a cold.
0: <laughs> I do. And uh, like I say, the uh, antihistamines have got me kind of woo But anyway, okay. appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Alrighty, oh uh, folks i do have a cold but that's okay it's pretty outside it's chinese new year we're gonna go go look at some uh some gardens i've been out visiting winter gardens. see what looks good in the dead of winter when we sort of take everything not being there for granted i think we can have beautiful gardens in the winter time if you c- see what does well in the winter and put them in groups that it's sort of like a specially designed garden just for winter anyway i'm horticulturist rushing you're listening to the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to take a little bit of a break in here. Not a cheesy music, but nice little quiet. little quiet. I was thinking of Hawaii and all this cold weather. And so this guy, uh, probably one of Hawaii's most famous singers, um, he gives something that's one of my favorite tunes. Gives it actually two of my favorite tunes. Gives them good treatment. We're going to be right back with more Gestalt Gardener here on MPB right after that. I'm going to go get me a glass of water and we'll be right back.
2: Thank mm-hmm.
1: i This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Okay, doke folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Fellow rushing. Uh, got a little information on an email, interesting email, but before we do that, let's talk to, I think this is Mark on the road, is that right?
3: Oh, uh, good morning.
0: Howdy. What's up?
3: My my daughter had just bought a house, and to save a little money, I was going to seed Bermuda grass instead of sodding it, and just need a quick little primer on it. When do I plant it? Do I need to go ahead and lime it now? Uh, do I need to plant um, a, a, a name variety or just use common Bermuda? Can you, kind of, okay, this, can you kind of give me a quick This is a good question. Let
0: me, it. Give it, uh, let me give you a little bit in a nutshell. And if you want some follow up information, shoot me an email. I've been working with turf lawn care for a long, long time. Uh, for, first of all, I wouldn't even think about planting the seeds until the soil has warmed up it, it, because it, they're not going to sprout until it warms up. And the longer it sits there, the more you're going to get weeds. So I'd wait till April or so before you even put okay. it out there, uh, you know, even later April. And then when you sow the seeds, the important thing is seed soil contact. If you've got a bunch of weeds out there, you might want to mow it real close and, you know, just let, let the, the clippings dry down a little bit because contact with the dirt is real important for those tiny little seeds. Uh, the only one I believe you can get seeds for is common Bermuda. Most of the hybrids... Uh, Don't don't go to seed. They have to be grown from you know divisions and things like that. So common Bermuda is going to be your best bet, which is good because no matter what you put out there, it's going to get infested with common Bermuda sooner or later anyway. But uh, anyway, seed soil contact is important. When you you said about lime, have you had a soil test that says you need that, or just
3: heard it, or what? I have not. I have not done anything to it (laughs) it except I begin putting land out and raking it smooth now.
0: Yeah. Well, where do you where does she live? What town?
3: Uh, in, uh, South Dakota, near Cupola. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're going to need a line. Matter of fact, a lot of the soils over there, depending on whether it's still, still in the prairie or whatever, but most of those soils are either alkaline or neutral. That's not that big a deal. Uh, but the main thing is get the seeds out there. And, uh, if it's possible to go out there and just sort of shake some hay or some straw, something of just real, real light, like pixie sticks. If you get a heavy rain, instead of the seeds floating around everywhere, they'll hang up right. in the in the mulch. If it's a big area, it might not be practical. But uh that's the reason they blow seed and hay out on the on the roadside. If you can wet the seeds down, don't have to be water, but just wet the seeds down every day or two for about a week, they'll come right up. And once it God. sprouts you know, skip, you know, don't keep them wet. Let those roots grow down deep by giving it a little bit more water, less often. to Where, you know, within um, oh three or four weeks after sowing it, you know, a good soaking every week or two is about all they're going to need to get started. Oh, yeah. And let's wait gotcha. till, um, let's Mark, let's wait till after the 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 grass is up and been mowed before we give it any fertilizer. And uh, oh, what yeah, what I would you use, know. yeah, I mean, because it doesn't need it until before then, you know, until it gets growing it. And, and you know it can actually throw them into a lot of top growth and slow down the roots. So let's wait until it's been up and mowed, and then use either what they call a new lawn starter or a winterizer, believe it or not, okay.
2: or centipede
0: food. A Centipede food would be a good one. We want a slow-acting, long-lasting type of nitrogen and a little potash to help them grow roots. So centipede food or winterizer is a pretty, pretty much the fertilizer I'd use this first year. And then uh, okay. I would not water it more than every uh, week or two. Really good okay. and deep to try to get those roots down deep quick.
3: And, you know, I think uh, common Bermuda is almost as free as the hybrid. I mean, if you got got a good thick lawn of it, it's not that much difference to me.
0: Yeah. Well, the keys to a thick lawn is, is to mow regular. Bermuda likes to be mowed close. It's the only grass that likes to be cut kind of close because it has those runners from the from the underground uh, stems. Right, okay. A um, little bit of fertilizer. Uh, every now and then, don't push it too much, and try not to, if she's going to water, no more every week or two. Got it. It, Thank you very much for your help. Well, that's that's the start. If you need some more, shoot me an email. I will. Thanks a lot. All right. Appreciate it. Let me see here. I got an email this past week from Jeremy. Jeremy's calling from down in, in Beaumont. Uh, down in s- south-central Mississippi. He said he has some pawpaw trees in large containers being grown uh, from rootstock for about six or eight years in big containers, which is interesting because pawpaws make big trees. I was raised with pawpaw, and they're all down along the Pearl River all the way up into the Midwest. Anyway, he said they're slow-growing seem to be doing okay, though they haven't produced fruit yet. And by the way, Jeremy, I don't think they're going to do well in a container. These are big, big native trees. Uh, anyway, he said, I've read that pawpaw trees need a certain number of cold days a year before they start producing, uh, which means that South Mississippi not, not, might not be ideal for them because uh, of the modern winters. question is, okay, before I get to this question, it interesting? Uh, it's not cold days. It's hours of above freezing but below 45. When it gets down below forty five or above freezing, that's chilling temperatures. And that's how a lot of plants count time. They need a certain number of chilling hours before they'll flower right. Cherries need a thousand or more. It's reason you don't see many cherries in Mississippi. Uh pawpaws need anywhere from four hundred to uh 700 or eight hundred to, to do well. So you could get pawpaws in, in Beaumont. You know, Beaumont's not that far south. Uh, but anyway, four hundred degrees. Uh, excuse me 400 chilling hours a normal winter we might have that but anyway his question is can I fake out the trees by dumping ice cubes in a pot during the winter month um, no, it's not the roots, it's the uh, buds and all. The buds need to be exposed to at least 400 hours below 45 above free Good question, though, and I appreciate that. Now, go hug your dad. Let's go down to Friars, uh, up to Friars Point. right? On, is Friars Point, Chris, is that in the, uh, the? is it in Mississippi or Arkansas? Where? Chris, Chris, yeah. you calling yeah. call from Friars Point? Where is Friars Point? No, I'm calling from Forest, Mississippi. <laughs> it says Friars Point here. Far's <laughs> Point. What's going on? Hey, I'm gonna be in Hattiesburg uh, next month, giving a talk there. Uh, uh, anyway, details about that later. What's up? Uh,
3: I have a question about. Um, I work about 10, 12 hours a day, uh, just about six days a week, and I really like indoor plants, but I have yet to have any that really like thrive and kind of. No sunlight with little water because where my house sits, I get very little sunlight, and outside I right. can't grow anything like I want. So I want to do it inside, but I need something that has very little, that requires either no sunlight or very little sunlight and little water. Do you have any suggestion? I was thinking a succulent, but I don't know. Well, here's here's the deal, and and there are
0: some succulents that'll do well. There's three things that you need to to, to consider. One is the low light, and even in indoors, even in a window, that's kind of low light. Second of all is the sort of the, the moderate temperatures, but the most important factor, not just light, is humidity. A lot of tropical plants, potted plants, need not just light but also humidity. And our houses don't have that. Uh, mm-hmm. So over the years, and, and by the way, this is what got me started in horticulture. Anyway, I've been collecting tropical plants and potted plants uh, for uh, all of my life since I was in the fifth grade. And uh, I have come up with a list of 14 or 15 unbeatable plants that will grow in pots with little or no care, low light, low humidity. I'll give you a couple examples. Have you ever heard of snake plant or mother-in-law tongue?
1: I actually have. My mom actually has some of those.
0: Yeah, it'll grow in an ashtray on a television and all of that but there's there there's there's all different kinds it's not just the kinds you grow there's all different kinds there's a plant called chinese evergreen pretty little leafy thing and it is just tough as nails. these are plants that i grow in a corner of my cabin that only has one window um th- there's a cast iron plant you know old-fashioned Aspidistra like we grow out in the yard it'll grow wow. in a pot okay and uh and then there's another really cool plant i can't tell the name of it because it's got like five z's in it It's just called zz plant uh, okay. these are low light low humidity plants and if you can shoot me an email it's just like a little one page thing about them i could i could shoot it right to you okay.
2: but uh, there, there, there are
0: some good ones there, there are some good ones the main thing is low light and low humidity which is what causes problems for a lot of real popular plants they're popular but they don't live long so i want to know what can you what will grow in an air an airport that's what i grow
1: Okay.
3: Well, that works. I'll look into all that. I was just looking for something to kind of make my living room a little bit brighter, I guess. Yeah,
0: I'd start with one called Chinese Evergreen. And, uh all right. it, But anyway, again, shoot me a list because this is, I mean, I grow dozens of potted plants, and I'm gone for weeks and sometimes months at a time, and i got one window in my cabin. So, you know, i got to come up with tough stuff.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for, and that all sounds great. All righty, man. Appreciate it.
0: Now let's go to uh Gary. Gary's on the road too. Where are you, Gary? You got your hands on the wheel?
5: Yeah, right now I'm at by you're headed toward the house after a long night of trucking, so doing okay. good. Yeah, it, uh before my question the guy about the you him about the mother in law's tongue. Yeah. I have one that is over 64 years old. My, wow. neighbor, my mother's neighbor gave it to my mother when I was born in 54. And that thing has at times been so neglected, looked like it was dried up. Give it some water and it come right back. And I have shared, I don't know how many times I've divided that plant and gave it to people. It's probably all what over you the eastern United States. You
0: and, and by the way, I was just out in South Florida. They grow it as a ground curve under the trees down there. Uh, uh-huh. I've seen it growing. I've, I've seen it growing in cemetery. Dead people can grow this plant, but it but it's really durable indoors. As a Matter of fact, the only way you could the only way you could kill it, Gary, is if you give it too much attention. It'll just flop over. It doesn't like attention. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, but anyway appreciate uh, it. What's
5: yeah?
0: All right. I drive a truck. I don't really have
5: time for tilling to make a a garden of any size,
2: and I do a
5: raised bed, and uh, I have seen where people plant flowers in old tires. I was wondering, if I plant my vegetables in those tires, as the uh, chemical compounds in the tires, is that going to be detrimental to your health?
0: Okay. It's a good question. If you go online, you'll read stuff where they say, yes, it causes problems. I'm here to tell you it is not a problem at all. I'm a horticulture scientist. I've done. I planted in tires for decades of people at disney plant stuff in tires uh so people who want to be have an opinion about stuff they don't know anything about they'll pass that along the 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 stuff that's in tires that causes problems is the is the metal that's in the the the, the tread and yeah, it's that stuff is not exposed and, and it's not absorbed by plants anyway i wouldn't worry okay. about it at all the problem chris is i mean uh uh
4: Gary. I've,
1: yeah, Gary. The the, the the
0: the problem is, basically, you're talking about a big pot, not a raised bed. If you're gonna do that in a tire, go ahead and dig the, set, see where you're gonna set your tire and dig the dirt that's beneath it, a shovel's depth, and add a little stuff to it. Set the tire on it and then fill it up with good stuff, so it's not just a pot on top of the ground, but plants can get their roots down in the dirt too. That's what's right. gonna keep them from having to be watered all the time. Yeah, and I'm going to use truck tires, too, so yeah, there'll be plenty
5: of room for roots and all Big
0: that. old tires, that's right. Hey, and by the way, your neighbor's going to talk bad about you, but first of all, we don't care. Second of all, it doesn't matter anyway, but third of all, paint it so that at least they can shut up about it. Yeah, i paint them all different colors, and they'll look like Cheerios all over the yard. There you go. But when, when you sit on the ground, go ahead and dig the dirt up beneath it, uh, you know, so roots can get down in there. In case you're gone for, you know, if you're doing a long haul or something, you know, you can't get back, at least they got roots down in the dirt. No, nah, I'm home every day. so. Well, it is, is no problem at all planting <laughs> in tires from a health point of view. All right. I appreciate it. And you have a blessed day. I hope you get the feeling I better. appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I actually feel pretty good, Anna. The miracle of modern medication. Hey, let's go up to Memphis. Hey, Kay, good morning. Hello? Did we lose Kay?
2: Chainsaw <clears throat> okay. he, oh, hey so Kay. Oh, there. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I can I, hear you fine. I'm, What's I'm up? I'm fine. Listen, I have two real quick questions, and one one may take a two or three minutes. I know we're short on time. Um when did you tell me was the best time to move my vanhooty eye? Because I've just got to move it. The people next door, they just keep reaching over and whacking it, and so I've just got to get it away from the fence. Best time to move any
0: plant, Kay, is going to be in the wintertime, fall or the winter, before they bloom. But if you want to wait till after they bloom and move it, just go ahead and cut them back to about knee-high, then move them. They'll put out all new growth and never miss okay. a lick. But, uh, it, you know, I'd let it, it bloom. I'd go ahead and let it bloom first and enjoy it, and then cut it, whack it back, and move it.
2: Oh well, okay, okay. Do you think I, it's it's about ten years old? Do you think I can divide it successfully or not? It's
0: possible, but uh, uh you know, because that's a really tough plant. You know, the, all the different spireas, the Van Houtia, different spirea—they're really durable plants. But uh, again, if you can divide it, I would definitely cut it. Won't be any leaves left on it, but cut it back to about knee high, dig it up, divide it, move it—they'll sprout out without missing a lick.
2: Okay. Okay. All right, thanks. one real, really quick question: Did you ever know a JL Cooley out of Jackson County, Agent? Mm,
0: no, nope. of course. I've been retired a while, and I worked mostly with the horticulture oh. stuff. I didn't did yeah, work with well, the actual. He's been he's
2: been dead for a while, so anyway, no, no, he, was my, he was my him. uncle. He was my uncle. Okay, so you come oh, by, by now. Well,
0: listen, we we appreciate it, Kay. Thank you so much, and stay warm.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll call you next week. I have another question, but it'll it require some discussion. So,
0: okay, well, there you go. Okay, appreciate it. And I think
2: we got time to
0: slide down to uh, Pike County. John's calling from Magnolia, which is the county seat of Pike County. How are you, John?
4: How's uh, Mr. Bell. How are you doing this morning?
0: So far, uh, so good.
4: Uh, I set out some uh, cabbages and 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 they still ain't headed yet. Yeah. You know, what's what what the problem is?
0: A couple of things: cabbage and broccoli and those kind of plants. They actually grow better in cool weather, not cold weather. So when it gets really hot or really cold, they tend to shut down. They're, they're native to long cool seasons. What happens if you set them out here at, a little bit late in the fall? If they don't produce before before winter, uh, the little cold still sets them back a little bit. And uh, yes, so, so. The, the the best way to grow those plant them early enough in the the fall or early enough in the spring so they'll do something before it gets too cold or too wet. Uh, The the other thing is, uh, some people have success planting them going over the winter if we have a mild winter, but the other thing is, when you get plants next time, John, go with the smallest plants. The little beady ones haven't had time to get all tough and woody in the pot. Those rarely head back up. So little plants, get a little bit, I mean, you can start planting more sometime later this month.
4: Okay, okay. Another question, I've got to open the garden. It just, I, I planted last year and it done good. Do you think it's time to put some garden uh, uh, limonia in it or uh, 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 something I, in it? I, the I, soil?
0: I, I wouldn't uh, because the, the nitrogen is fertilized. It tends to wash away in the rain. I'd wait till after the plants, you know, till you're ready to plant. Because if you plant, if you put fertilizer out now, it's going to wash away before your plants can use it. Better to use a little bit of nitrogen around planting time and maybe a second shot after they've been growing a few weeks. But if you put it down ahead of time, it's all
4: going to be wasted. Well, that, I, I appreciate that. I just, I just asked because I'm transplanted from East Tennessee. I was born on the Indian reservation and I just transplanted to Mississippi. And I just wondered how y'all do gardening down here.
0: We do it the same. We just have a little bit different season, that's all. And uh, not, uh, not only that, but you talk to 10 different people in Pike County,
4: you're going to have 10 different ways of doing it. Well, one more question. I'll let you go. Did you ever heard of Hickory Cane Corn? Nope. Uh, well, that's but what I, we need to Hickory Cane Corn. I was just wondering. I hadn't found no seeds since I've been in the state of Mississippi.
0: Okay. You said Hickory Cane Corn?
4: Hickory Cane Corn, yeah.
0: I'll I'll look it up see what I can come up with on that so tune in next
4: week. All right. All right, Mr. Felder.
0: You have a blessed Appreciate weekend. it. Yes sir. Welcome, man. Well, we love Hillbillies down in South Mississippi. Don't don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's my first cough. I've made almost an hour without coughing. It's been great, folks. Um, there's all sorts of things going on. Starting in March, I'm going to be giving talks from Mobile to Meridian to Macon to Clarksdale. My first talk of the of, of February is going to be up in Clarksdale at the library. i uh, got a lot of that kind of stuff. Plenty of time to talk about that, though, later. If you've got some events I can help with or if there's any kind of question you've got or comments want me to get a little bit more information, shoot me an email. It's real easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. The Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is a laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. We appreciate having... uh, Maggie Thompson to Maggie Thomas I'm sorry Mississippi State is an intern i have been mean, your host Felder Rushing we're going to spend a week or so recuperating thinking about ways we can share for all of us to get together here on this garden party at MPB like we say take a kid to a garden center take them outside wiggle we'll your fingers in the dirt of the leaves explain something to them because it's important that we raise new kids knowing how to do what we do best and that's get dirty see y'all next week
5: Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Atmos Energy with a reminder to call 811 before starting to dig to get underground utility owned lines located
3: and marked. It's free, it's safe, and it's the law.